Good Morning Nancy is a horror movie podcast, so it may not be for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And it's time for a coffee break. Hello, and welcome to your coffee break, everyone. Woohoo! We're back! We're back! And we're back with a coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> can keeping you it light. Yeah. Keeping it light. <laughs> keeping it light. And uh, can you believe it? We haven't done a coffee break in years. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I think it's been two years, right? Oh, probably longer. I'm not even kidding. It's probably longer. Um, I think it's been three because we, I think the last one we did was, I think the last one we did was the one where we talked about the uh, Suspiria soundtrack. Holy crap. I think that was the last one. And I was pregnant at the time. And my son is turning three soon. So. So maybe even longer than that. Oh my goodness! I know. It's okay. Well, it's okay. It we is... just we we took our own coffee break. Sure, <laughs> an extended <laughs> one. <laughs> we did. We took an extended coffee break. Holy crap! Um. Well. Well. So here we are. We're gonna talk about uh something that's near and dear to my heart, and a lot of people don't. I don't think know about. I was actually so. I was, I'm making new friends in Buffalo. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> yes. Yay, Gracie. Oh my God. And um, so I have a new friend from a book, from my book club that I'm a part of. And uh, I was over at her house last night uh, and I told her about suspense. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, she had never heard of it. And she, cause she likes um, like thriller suspense like movies and I was like oh you'd love this radio show and she was like I never heard of it and I was like oh my god yeah it's like these old-timey radio shows are so great but a lot of people haven't heard of them so we're gonna talk about lights out everybody all right so it's no secret that I love old horror anthology radio shows. Uh, like I said, we, we've we done coffee breaks in the past, and we actually did a coffee break a few years ago about one of my favorites, which is Suspense. Yeah. Um, and that was broadcast on CBS radio for over 20 years, um, from 1940 until 1962, so a really long time. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes for y'all to listen to that one. I really, I'm really proud of that episode. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. But another one of my favorites, right? Uh, and this actually predates suspense and it is called Lights Out. Not to be confused with the films by David F. Sandberg. Oh, God. <laughs> which is a good short film. I got to admit that man made a wonderful short film that was on YouTube. The feature length is a little bit questionable, but listen, yeah, it was his first feature length film. I actually listened to the commentary that he did that's on YouTube for that film. Um, 
And it was actually really good. And I feel kind of bad for him because he had never experienced like anything like that before. So, oh, he was just a little baby filmmaker. I know. So I was like, long story short, like be kind to filmmakers. Like you never know what they're going through. That's (laughs) true. And also for a first film. Sure. Not too shabby, honestly. Honestly. No, you're right. It actually was not that bad. So um, anyway, so Lights Out, according to the book, The Great Radio Heroes, was created by American writer-producer Willis Cooper in 1934. And it was one of his first, and it was one of the first ever horror radio shows. So that's amazing. Like you, you, That's something that you kind of take for granted now, I feel like. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cooper wanted to create a spooky radio show that came on very late at night. Uh, the witching hour, to be exact. Oh. <laughs> Definitions vary, but the witching hour is usually any time after midnight and before 4 a.m. But this show actually did run at midnight, I believe. Wow. Yeah, so normally, like, only music was playing on the radio during those hours, so the competition with other radio shows, like drama shows, would Mm. be non-existent. And, yeah, so Lights Out was first picked up by the local Chicago 2 NBC radio station, which was Cooper's employer at the time, and began in January of 1934 and premiered on Wednesdays at midnight. My God. Think about that, though. Like, as opposed to what we have now that exists, like, of course, you have cable and streaming services and stuff like that, and you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. It's the beauty of having choice, I guess. But... There's so much, like, magic and mystique to having a show that's actually planned out to come out, like, be released at that time. It's like, I don't know, it's it's like very, I don't want to say tropey because I feel like that has a negative connotation, but sure. I would thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy, like, a television program or something that, w- that came on air at like 3 a.m. because that is like the spookiest time of night and it plays so well with people's imaginations and like their emotional state at that point in in the night like that's so cool there's so much psychology behind it too so i'm like yes (laughs) no you're right and i mean like we are so used to just binging tv shows and deciding when we want to watch something mm-hmm. which is fine that's great and all like it, if you have like a busy schedule or like you're like us you're working you're your stay-at-home moms or whatever it's like you want to like do things around like what works for you but there is something almost kind of magical about yeah. like there is this creepy show at this one time and if you miss it you miss it you know Mm -hmm. and so um it's one of those things where it's like it's almost like a gathering almost where we all come together and we all listen to the the same show at the same time and it's at midnight you know yes it's like this weird like coven like creepy like gathering that like everyone around like at least in at the time the chicago area would do is everyone got together and they like huddled around the radio and Mm -hmm. they listened to lights out you know or suspense or 
um any of those other ones that came out quiet please you know which was another cooper uh show that i'll mention later in this episode but yeah yeah there's something kind of magical and um nostalgic about that and uh and it's not there it's gone now now you can listen to lights out whenever you want just pull up youtube i i sent you uh a link to it i was like here listen to this at your leisure you know (laughs) yes and um you can't do that anymore i know oh Mm. man Mm. Mm. so at this time (laughs) the show was only about 15 minutes long but after three months of being on the air it was lengthened to 30 minutes due to it being a huge success locally so during the cooper quote-unquote cooper era of the show lights out could be categorized as like a type of visceral horror it was incredibly graphic in nature and many of the characters died horrible deaths um oh such as being buried alive oh my god eaten alive no or skinned alive (gasps) okay i don't ever want to hear anyone say like our generation is so violent like no right (laughs) that was public radio (laughs) i know i know and it's uh when i was reading this i was like holy shit i was like can you imagine (laughs) what year did the freaking wizard of oz come out did that come out in 1934 32 either way it was very close to this time period and i'm just like lights out (laughs) playing on public radio people getting skinned alive (laughs) at the same time wizard of oz is in theaters you know you know, I mean, not that the Wizard of Oz is not scary as hell, but yeah, um, just the fact that it's like you don't think about the 30s being like a time when people were into that shit, you know? Okay, but isn't it so weird too that there were like serial killers on the prowl during this time, like Albert Fish, and people didn't really know about it? Mm. It's and true. This was happening at the same time as like these radio shows being released. So really, I think the need for humans to explore that really like depraved, weird, strange, uncanny sides of ourselves, that's been around since the dawn of time. Yeah. So and that's just kind of like I mean, it's a very anecdotal kind of proof, but like that it sort of proves that we always need to explore those dark corners. So huh, fascinating. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you're right. And I think it's you're like, uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that people are like, oh my gosh, our, this generation is so violent. And like video games are so violent. And it's like, okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Skinned alive? Are you joking? I know. (laughs) Give me a freaking break, Grandma. I know. I think bottom line is that humans just do terrible things to each other, (laughs) regardless of the time period. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and listen, so you would think that maybe there was like a huge uproar and maybe there might have been, you know, maybe there might have been people who were like, this is not good, blah, blah, blah. But because the show aired so late at night, censors were not concerned about the show at all because most children 
were asleep by then. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's like stars and HBO back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Nuns gone wild. Oh my god. I just saw a meme about that where somebody said this is a core memory and it was this kid like in bed and they like superimposed like uh yeah, like HBO late at night like yes, on yes. the TV and I was like, "Whoa. Freaking Skinamax." Yes. Oh my god. Help us. <laughs> know so it was like of course there were kids who've like snuck down to the living room like together turned on the radio to listen to like lights out or something yeah to listen to people being skinned alive (laughs) you got to you got to (laughs) so yeah so they weren't really concerned about it so it was like okay you want to have something like really freaking graphic and scary like sure like kids are in bed right oh my god (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like, we talked about, like, that's, like, when you think about it, you're like, I can't believe that was <laughs> happening in the mid-30s, but. Well, also, too, so we had just gotten through World War One. It's, like, how, like, Tom Savini came back from Vietnam and was able to really, like, go in on special effects because he had experienced it firsthand. So, like, all these right. people come back from war and they're like, let me tell you about my shell shock. <laughs> and uh, oh. so, you, of course, of course, you would have stories like this that came out of something as brutal and gruesome as that. Like, I, I, it would, I, I would honestly be worried if everything was normal after World War One. <laughs> right. Well, and we've talked about on the show before, like sometimes you need to like have a safe space to express like your violent yes desires and tendencies or whatever you know obviously like don't don't be violent in real life but yeah sometimes you have to like kind of like live through that in order to like feel that feeling and then like move on in society so right yes but anyway uh despite its success locally Lights Out was canceled a year later in January 1935 due to Willis Cooper's workload at NBC being too overbearing. He was burnt out. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Poor Willis. I know. So fans of the show wrote into the station and they were begging for it to come back. It was all those six-year-olds who were up late (laughs) listening to it. They're like, why does this adult person have so many typos? (laughs) What? Like what? (laughs) Please bring back white out. (laughs) Hey, Mister. Hey, Mister. (laughs) I don't can't do a Chicago accent, otherwise I would. But (laughs) so, needless to say, it was you know, it was just like they were like, okay, fine, we'll bring it back. Uh, but they were like, let's see how it does somewhere else. So NBC decided to test the waters and have it play in like just the New York City area. So NBC's local NYC station. Mm. Um, and it was a huge hit there too. So they're like, okay, it's not just like Chicago fans. Like this is something that could go 
all over the country. Mm. So in April 1935, NBC decided to play Lights Out nationally. Uh, and they brought back creator Willis Cooper as head writer and producer. And I assume he got paid more, too, you know, to make up for all that burn- burnout. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope, hope so. So, uh, yeah, by 1936, two years after it premiered and just locally in Chicago, uh, Lights Out had over 600 fan clubs all over the USA. Oh, my God. I know. Fan clubs. I know. (laughs) Again, all the six-year-olds got together. And And they grew up to be the Zodiac Killer. Oh, no. Not true. (laughs) Maybe, though. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Do you know? Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ted Cruz. (laughs) All right. So Cooper did. Poorly timed joke. I almost just spit my coffee everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So Cooper did eventually leave Lights Out for Good in June of 1936 when he passed the reins on to American playwright and producer Arch Obler. Luckily, Obler's writing for the show kept up like the gruesomeness and the scares. If only turned down just a bit now that the show was playing nationally. Oh, and so at this time, Cooper, like, he didn't just, like, leave radio altogether. Like, he went on to create another radio show called Quiet Please. Uh, and that was in 1947. And even before that, he was, like, a horror movie screenwriter. And he most notably penned 1939's Son of Frankenstein. Ah, yeah, which cool. is what Young Frankenstein spoofs most of is that mm. movie, like the guy with the arm and stuff. Like that was all Willis Cooper, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool! Yeah, so according to the Wikipedia page dedicated to Lights Out, crediting both the book, uh, which is called Obler's Omnibus, and the Washington Post article Radio the Lost Medium, quote. When Cooper departed, his replacement, a young, eccentric, ambitious Arch Obler, picked up where he left off, often following Cooper's general example, but investing the scripts with his own concerns, Obler made imaginative use of the stream of consciousness narration and sometimes introduced social and political themes that reflected his commitment to anti-fascist liberalism. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Although in later years, Lights Out would be closely associated with Obler, he was always quick to credit Cooper as the series creator and spoke highly of the older author, calling him, quote, the unsung pioneer of radio dramatic techniques, unquote. And the first person Obler knew of who understood that radio drama could be an art form. So he was a really good guy. Aww. Yeah, he made sure that Cooper got all basically all of the credit for lights out so that was really nice of him that is so nice oh what what a stand-up guy that arch obler look at that arch archie okay oh man he probably hated archie that's probably went by arch anyway (laughs) sorry r.i.p uh so for some unknown reason nbc decided to cancel lights out once again in 1937 only a year after it had returned and outcry from the many fans, remember there were 600 fan clubs, 
<laughs> outcry from the many fans poured in and Lights Out was brought back just a few months later. <laughs> you can't oh kill it. God. It's like the cheesy Fiesta potatoes at Taco Bell. <laughs> you cannot get rid of the crowd favorite. <laughs> but seriously, I'm like, this is your cash cow. Like, what are you doing? I know. It's almost like they were in denial about it. For It's very weird. Oh, I know. Goodness. It is weird. Ugh. So in 1938, horror film actor Boris Karloff, best known for playing the monster in 1931's Frankenstein, flew to Chicago and guest starred on Lights Out in multiple episodes, including two of my favorites. One is entitled The Dream, and this one's pretty popular. It's a story about a man who keeps having dreams, urging him to kill, kill, kill. <laughs> and the other is entitled, uh, I think it's pronounced a Vals Triste. I should have looked it up before, but oh well. <laughs> uh, um, and that one is literally one of the scariest things i've ever heard this it's pretty yeah it's pretty awful it's <laughs> awful in a good way sure <laughs> i mean it it does not again like lights out was like ruthless like they did like without giving too much away it's ruthless they they don't they they let you get like close to characters or think maybe something different's gonna happen mm -hmm. and then it just ends in a way that you were like well <laughs> yeah was not expecting it i like no you kind of expect that you sent me and it's like oh 1934 oh, okay this is gonna be like pretty tame whatever and i was like, <gasps> like the <whole> time. <laughs> yeah well you don't think that you don't think it's gonna be like a a a, a bad ending and when i say bad ending i mean like you think everyone's gonna be okay or like People are going to, like, come up on top and it's going to end, like, ha happy. Right. But no. <laughs> These oh, don't end God. happy. So anyway, uh, this one is about a deranged violinist who kidnaps two women after they go to his house seeking shelter from a storm. And um, I'm going to play a clip. In this clip, the women have just been kidnapped and the violinist tells them his intentions. And this clip happens around like the halfway point of the episode. Oh now, darling, please don't cry. I'm scared. Please stop crying. Please. I think we'll understand each other quite clearly now, won't we? Sit down. Sit down, the both of you. Sit down, I say. There. Now that we understand each other so clearly, we can talk with each other quietly now, can't we? You know, I dislike loud talking intensely. You see, I'm really a very gentle man. Please, Dot, don't cry anymore. That's excellent advice, my dear Laura, excellent advice. Dotty, I suggest you stop crying. Dot, please, do as he says. I... All right. Of course, you're quite all right. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Let me tell you of chance. Here I was, a quiet, contented man, sitting here all alone, and yet I was not quite content. Chance brought you here to me, and chance found me quite discontented. 
as a man of thorough sameness, as a man of infinite realism, I realize that this fortuitous circumstance of our meeting, canceled as it might have been, is a welcome opportunity for me. Opportunity? For what? To feel my loneliness permanently. To get myself a wife. Wife? It is crazy. I suggest, my dear Laura, that you substitute another word, a kindlier one than the one you're using. Oh. Yes, I said, a wife. Laura, oh, we wouldn't make good wives. Honestly, we wouldn't. We're just a couple of kids, aren't we, darling? We, we make all for hard work. Oh, mister, have a heart, will you? Open the door and let us out of here. We'll keep our mouths shut. I swear we will. Mr. Boy, please. Please, Mr. Boy, will you? Have you quite finished? Then here's my answer. One of you becomes my bride. Oh, yes, my bride. I'm leaving this place shortly. When we reach our destination, one of you will become my wife. Oh, very legally. One of us. I marry only one. Then what about the other? To the ordinary man, that would be quite a problem now, wouldn't it? But to me, well, I told you I'm a realist, so the answer is quite simple. I marry one, and the other... The other? The other dies. So scary. Yeah, very unsettling. Yeah. Very. So needless to say, uh, Karloff's guest appearances brought even more listeners to Lights Out, making it even more successful than it was before. But, and this seems to be a trend with this show, NBC canceled it again in 1939 after Arch Obler decided to leave to pursue other projects. Or he was probably just like... This you y'all with your canceling and like rebroadcasting and canceling, he was probably fed up, honestly. Oh my god, seriously. Yeah, so he decided to leave, um, apparently. And I guess NBC tried to keep the show like going for a bit mm. after he left. So like he so like he left before they canceled it and they were like, Well, let's just keep going. But, like, it lost a lot of its charm during that time. Like, the episodes were written by multiple people and not, like, a single person. Like, Arch Obler wrote all of the episodes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They have one that's pretty good. Um, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Donovan's Brain or something. Something like that. I think that's... No, that's the movie. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But there is one that <laughs> happened out during that time. That was actually... That's actually pretty good. Um, apparently not good enough for me to remember what it's called. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, everything kind of like stopped after that and, uh, the show was canceled and, um, <laughs> however, uh. Lights Out was not dead yet because a few years later in 1942, so from 1939 to 1942, it was not on the air, but in 1942, Arch Obler returned and he revitalized Lights Out because... I don't know. I guess he needed money. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was a like, regular, regular old Nicolas Cage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And according to uh, Wikipedia, uh, for this revival, each episode began with the, like, like tolling bell over oh. which Obler read the cryptic tagline, It is 
later than you think. Ooh. And uh, so they like made it like really ominous and stuff. And um, then there was like this dour warning to the listeners to turn off their radios if they felt like that they couldn't handle it or they, they were too delicate, you know, <laughs> to like listen to what was about to unfold and whatever. Uh, yeah, they kind of made it a little a little bit more hokey, but uh to me it almost sounds like uh something that maybe kids would like be into like to hear that like warning and stuff you know oh yeah kind of felt like william castle around that time yeah yeah definitely i get that yeah so the success of obler's 1942 to 1943 run of lights out was like part of like a larger trend in the 1940s american radio um like horror um because like lights out was like an anomaly right it was mostly like lights out during like the 30s and early 40s but then Mm -hmm. like once the 40s hit shows like inner sanctum suspense suspense came out Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Cooper's quiet please didn't come out until 1947, but still that was the forties. So like if the forties were like a big time where we were starting to see more like radio horror. So lights out was no longer like, I hate to say special, but mm-hmm. it kind of wasn't, it was like something that had already, it maybe it trailblazed a lot, but it had already like been a thing. And there are these, all these new shows that arguably especially suspense we're doing it better in a way right so they had more guest stars like more famous people like um i mean vincent price carrie grant um there uh there were all kinds of like people on suspense that were like well known so yeah yeah, lights out would remain on the air under obler's care until it was canceled for good this time in 1947. So NBC eventually produced a TV version of Lights Out that lasted off and on from about 1946 to 1972, Um, but it was never nearly as popular as Cooper and Obler's dramatic radio program, which maybe there are better radio shows, horror radio shows later, but honestly, like, there are some, like, gold there's some gold in some lights out episodes and they still frighten modern listeners to this day yes so listen i remember back in the day when you introduced me to it was actually an episode of suspense i think because i remember talking to you about it and um I was like taking a bath one night trying to relax and I was like, I'll listen to some suspense because Gracie told me it was great. And there was an episode where uh, there's like some kind of scream. I know exactly the episode (laughs) because we talked about it in that coffee break for suspense. Yes. It, It is the house in Cypress Canyon. Yes. Oh my God. And it scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) And honestly, I don't know why I don't listen to these old radio shows more often because they are so fun, but they truly, truly are scary. And also the like little psychology and sociology nerd in me loves to look at all of the similar themes that they follow Mm -hmm. and this most recent episode that i listened to that you sent me of lights out 
was um how do you pronounce it it's like yeah i think it's vals triste that's the one the boris karloff one yeah that we just vals three yeah whatever (laughs) i know all the french people and the canadians who listen to our show are like holy shit yeah i know oh my god watch it not even be french maybe it's italian i don't know oh sorry everyone (laughs) oh no oh we'll we'll do better we'll do better we promise we're we're coming back we're returning we're out of practice (laughs) normally we look this shit up beforehand (laughs) i know oh my gosh so sorry everyone but really as a society (laughs) in listening to this radio show Mm -hmm. i haven't come too super far in dealing with like what what women are afraid of and what men even are afraid of because Mm -hmm. I don't want to give too much away because I really think that this episode is worth a listen if you're listening to this coffee break and you want to check out more about lights out definitely do it but the um the way that the women kind of portray fear and their reactions and also the way that the man in the story interacts with the women so familiar so familiar oh yeah and this came out in 1938 that episode did yeah yeah it's like you you could hear this story on like the nightly news like it's it's still happening today so i think that this really taps into that primal fear that we all experience and we share like we all have these shared experiences of stuff that goes on and the show is a brilliant reflection of that and like I'm so impressed because it is so old but it's still so relevant I mean I could go on and on for days about how much I love this but uh, like what the heck yeah, there's another <laughs> the even one. Heck? There's another one that I really love um that's called It Happened, another Lights Out episode. That was actually the first one I'd ever listened to. Um mm. It Happened is about a girl in France. She's um, an American girl in France. She's with like her class. And um she is like <laughs> she's like a very like uh she's kind of a brat is what i'm trying to say like she's a brat and she's like rich and she's like i want to have fun like i don't want to like learn about art and history she's like that's like that's like boring whatever and so she runs away from her class and she's kidnapped (gasps) and it is one of again i don't want to give it away because the ending of this is so scary i was in the shower listening to it and i literally was like naked and afraid listening to (laughs) listening to this uh this episode and um she like she doesn't come out of it unscathed is what i'm gonna say so Mm. it is like one of the scariest things i've ever heard in my life was it happened by lights out I think it shows like young woman, like you said, like the fear and the actual like tension and fear that these women feel like you, it's almost like you can only do that with radio because you have to listen to their screams and their cries. And, um, 
you know in in it happened at least like you kind of like hear what she's thinking about too and and her thoughts like how she portrays her thoughts like the narration of it is so feels so modern in a way which is kind of neat yes um and that was i believe uh, an arch obler episode as well um wow. he did a really good job like writing like female fear which you know props to this man from the 30s you know to do that <laughs> truly i wonder if he had like something happen to someone close to him in like his childhood or young adulthood and i wonder if that's why he's so in tune with it but one thing i do want to point out when it comes to these radio shows and stuff is i think we're kind of starting to see a a renaissance Mm. of it because yeah i mean look at how many people listen to podcasts i think that we have been so inundated with um Uh, like this sort of sensory overload of horror that like things are kind of moving backwards to that more subtle very like primal fear type deal and i think that obviously back then they didn't have the technology to like see these things on television and stuff like that so they were doing the best that they could with radio but what is so brilliant about it is that it kind of forces you into this space of really using your own imagination to picture what is so personally deeply scary to you well that's what makes i think that's what makes radio scarier than like television or film absolutely um or that's why when you don't see the monster in movies it's scarier you know because it's just like you're imagining what it could look like and um, yes that is what happens i mean that's what happens in all of these radio shows you're picturing like what that means like i guess i guess i'll spoil um vel vel triste or whatever however you pronounce it (laughs) um but at the end he he you you don't know what this man looks like and then he he describes what he looks like but not in detail he kind of just tells you I, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but he tells you what he looks like and or what he doesn't look like, you know, <laughs> and uh, you're like, what could that even begin to look like in your brain? You know, oh. so you kind of then all of a sudden you picture how he very vaguely describes how he looks and you're just like that could go anywhere in your brain. Yeah, it's it's vague enough where like your mind starts racing and like pulling images from maybe what you you think that could look like or whatever maybe you were in the war you know and you are remembering like oh i've seen that look before Mm -hmm. you know like how he describes his face you're like oh i know what that looks like because i've Mm. seen it and or you know so it's just like your mind can go all over and it is yeah like you said like it 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 works with what we are scared of personally so radio is a more personal horrific experience it's true oh my god and there are like you said like of the renaissance like there are modern um shows now like um the no sleep podcast is probably one of the most popular um horror drama podcasts yes um, yeah that started out as reddit um posts on the no sleep reddit forum 
and eventually turned into a show where they would take these reddit stories and then like turn them into um you know they would dramatize them basically Mm -hmm. and then um i mean like one of those no sleep episodes became a q code episode where they had like famous people voicing these uh characters uh what's his face from riverdale um i don't even remember he plays jughead he's one of the twins um but he played like one of the main characters and this was like a no sleep like reddit like story you know and so like all of these like scary shows and stuff are all coming back and because we are really into hearing you know like a horror because like yeah it is a more personal experience and uh i feel like you're more likely to get scared quote unquote get scared Mm -hmm. um if you are imagining it yourself and you're not seeing somebody else's interpretation on the screen. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, so if you're really interested in listening to Lights Out, like I mentioned, um, that one, I'm not going to even say the word again because we're saying it wrong. So <laughs> the one that we mentioned earlier in this episode with the Boris, Kar- the Boris Karloff one, um, The Dream, which is also a Boris Karloff episode, uh, It Happened, which was the first one I ever heard that scared me to death. Um, Little Old Lady is another really scary one. Oh, God. Um, that one you don't think is going to be scary. And then it, oh, there's a scene, oh my gosh, there's a scene in Little Old Lady where the two women are in a room and they hear something scratching at the door. (gasps) Oh, it's so scary. Uh, Then The Coffin in Studio B and Murder Castle, uh, which is about H.H. Holmes. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Knock at the Door. So those are the other episodes that I suggest. They're very good. Um, Knock at the door. Oh my god, that's like a millennial's worst nightmare. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I was so I was at my the my new friend's house, right? And somebody knocked at her door and she was like, Was that a knock at the door? Like she wasn't like, you know, like who is who is arriving at this hour? It was her dad, but it was just like who's there? (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, well, um side side note, not to make anybody scared, but I definitely just watched a video of um somebody's little like everybody has video cameras on their porches now and some random ass guy showed up on this lady's porch while she was home with her kids like frantically knocking she doesn't answer because she doesn't know who it is and the guy like flips the camera off and he like walks down the sidewalk and then he turns around and he like unloads a full clip into oh her door oh my god no yeah so like that fear it's real it's valid oh jeez. Uh, i know i know listen it's not it, it, it's not gonna happen to everybody but <laughs> there's some nightmare fuel for you <laughs> well that's it for this week's coffee break episode thanks for listening and stay safe out there we love you all to death Have a good morning. Bye.